Wow, it's Get Animated, the anime recap show from the hosts of Get Played. I'm self-proclaimed actual Cody Rhodes, Nick Weiger. <laughs> and I'm self-proclaimed Assassin's Creed frog, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. So, Heather is away uh, for a little bit, and we are going to be doing a three-part miniseries in her absence covering Captain Laserhawk, a Blood Dragon remix. This is basically like a Ubisoft Smash Brothers series. Uh, it's a bunch of different yeah. Ubisoft characters, and they are crammed together in this anime uh, from uh, some of the people who brought you the Netflix Castlevanias. So it is on Netflix. If you haven't already started watching and you want to check it out, Captain Laserhawk, a Blood Dragon remix, that's what we're going to be talking about today and for the next three weeks. Yeah, and uh, it's... <laughs> We'll get into it, but it's nuts. It is just, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, Nick, it's just in terms of what we've been covering lately. Yeah. Because it is like, you know, we we did, we covered Cyberpunk Edge Runners, obviously. Then we cover, covered uh, Ghost in the Shell. Then we covered Interstellar 4 5, uh, the Daft Punk anime. This one kind of like in a in a way it kind of is a, is merging all these things because it's cyberpunky, uh, it's violent, it's horny, but also it's really confusing and weird. Like yeah. it's really surreal. So I, I I don't know. We're we're kind of staying in the same neighborhood, uh, and with like honestly unintentionally i think it's just I, I, a few different people uh, you know we're, we're talking about us covering this i know people have been watching this and this has been you know fairly well received it's kind of one of the, another one of those surprise sort of video game shows that comes out and people are like oh wow this thing's actually pretty interesting uh so we're we're, we're covering it uh because it's short uh but beca and because it's video game related but also because uh you some of you uh asked us to so that's where we are yeah so you actually did this yeah, this is your fault. Yeah, it's actually... No one, but it's I no think, one's fault. I'm actually enjoying myself. No, I'm having a great time, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, could you say it's your fault uh, in like a positive way? This is your fault of having such a good this time. This is your fault. This is your fault. Hey, it's your fault. Hey, it's your fault, man. <laughs> it sounds meaner somehow. <laughs> hey, just say, hey, you know what? It's your fault. It's your fault. <laughs> uh, but... I think before we um, before we get started in in this discussion, this breakdown of Captain Laserhawk, a Blood Dragon remix. That's right. I, I think maybe a question should be asked, mm. and that question is, what we've been weebin'? What we been weebin', Matt? What have you been weebin' over I, there? I'm just sort of looking over my shoulder real quick. You know, is there another Matt? <laughs> oh God, that's the scariest. <laughs> that oh, put that on r slash two sentence horror stories <laughs> i looked around and i looked behind me and there i was that's pretty good it's pretty pretty that's good pretty good <laughs> i'm kind of scared yeah i'm like scared to turn around <laughs> even though i can see myself in the zoom that um uh that there is no one behind me but what if they're just right behind my head um no because you know you sometimes we say, what are we weaving? And Ash comes around. And that's true. He's like, I actually, that's maybe a little scarier. But Ash isn't here today. So I'm free to, I'm free, I'm free to speak on, on this matter. And I let, I, as is my want, I let a few issues lapse in Chainsaw Man. And I, I caught up yet again. I had three 
three to catch up on, and it's so good. I'm. Re- <laughs> it's like it's 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 an update that's also sort of like not really an update because it's like I've been enjoying Chainsaw Man. I have not faltered in my love of Chainsaw Man so far. I I have not been tested. This new arc, I think. I think this new arc is meant to test people. Mm. I think this new arc is meant to be to see who the real fans are. Not so much to see who the real fans are, maybe to see who actually understands what they're a fan of. Mm. In the same way that I think um and you know, time will tell if I'm correct on this, but I think this 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 arc is a little introspective. I think it sort of examines chainsaw man fandom in an interesting way and i think mm. it's um not unlike um hideaki Anno's, uh take on like evangelion um like toward the end of the series not the with the rebuilds right not, but not in as a direct way as he did where he was basically like why do you like this what's wrong with you yes right <laughs> this is more like hey like you it's okay if you like this maybe but like just like chill a little bit like maybe you should just chill out yeah right um but i'm i'm really enjoying it there have been some absolutely brutal pages to look at just some amazing art just some yeah. nasty stuff and um that but i'm just i'm really enjoying it i i'm having a great time and i can't wait to have a few more issues uh pile up because i'll tell you this i it, there wasn't that many like i i had like maybe three or four and i like to have like six but you I don't like could, to just keep up with it every week you want to have a few to binge on because it doesn't always come out every week sometimes it'll right. be a couple of weeks and i'm like okay well like what am i even waiting for so i'll yeah. just wait and have like a nice bulk day where i'll like get through like six or seven and yeah what it, what is it is it a bi is it bi-weekly is it monthly release what is the schedule it feels bi-weekly but sometimes it's like i feel like they're like maybe just because when i'm getting to it mm-hmm. i'll see that like I'll have some, and then be like, the next one's in 11 days. I'm like, okay, yeah. well, like, what, what's going on here? I want my Chainsaw Man, and I want it now. <laughs> uh, but that's that's it for me. That's what I'm weaving. What about you, Nick? What are you weaving? Uh, can I can I take a quick... I, I am going to answer your, your question. I am going to answer what I've been weaving, but I want to do a, a quick uh, tangent, because we mentioned two-sentence horror stories earlier. Yeah, uh, I binged uh, the two sentence horror stories that brought me up to this bored panda compilation of some popular ones. Yeah, these are bone chilling. Can you read one, please? But also, I'm so okay. scared. <laughs> Here's one. My sister says that mommy killed her. Mommy says that I don't have a sister. You know what, Nick? I think, unfortunately for me, that one is uh, not that scary. Okay. That, that to me is like I could see that on like a like a weird T-shirt at like a Spencer's Gifts or something. That to me is like can't sleep. The clown will eat me. Okay. Uh, how about this one? <laughs> I can't move, breathe, speak, or hear, and it's so dark all the time. If I knew it would be this lonely, I would have been cremated instead. Now that's good. <laughs> that's good. I don't know if it's scary or if yeah. it's more like a hmm, damn. A lot of these are like, mo- like mommy related. So many of them have like mommy in them. I feel like if an evil entity saying mommy is scary, right? Like you saw Evil Dead Rise. Did you like that? Yeah, I did. I loved did you like it. it. I, yeah, I loved it. That's yeah, fun. A- and uh, so when she's all like, "Mommy's with the maggots now," I'm like, "This lady's scary." Yeah. This lady's actually scary. Yeah. Don't bring up. Don't talk about mommy in a scary voice. 
No. What are you doing? Don't don't even do that. Just kill me. What are you even doing? <laughs> God. Uh, anyway, I, I want to talk about another manga, Matt. I thought you were going to say mommy. No, I'm not saying mommy. I'm saying manga. Oh, God. I'm getting back on topic. Uh, not not doing two-sentence horror anymore. <laughs> uh, Plu- uh, like, so I've been reading the manga of Pluto. Now, if it, we're, ta- we're covering a Netflix series, you've probably also seen on Netflix there is a series Pluto, which came out. Uh, that's eight episodes. The manga I've been reading uh, is by uh, Naoki Urasawa, and it is a reimagining of an Astro Boy arc from the 1950s, I believe. Mm. And so this this series is an adaptation, a long-awaited adaptation of this this beloved manga. Uh, I'm three volumes into the manga. It's eight volumes, and I I love it. It is it is really just extremely compelling. Uh, the art is fantastic. The storytelling is just so. I don't know. It's kind of like unnerving in terms of just like unpacking the 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 sort of brain body connection and what it means to be alive and what a society uh, with where humans coexist with automatons, robot life, what that would be like. Uh, and all of its like kind of futuristic world building is uh, great. It was also, I believe, written in the early two thousands, mm-hmm. so a lot of it is pretty on-the-nose commentary about, like, American imperialism in the wake of, of 9-11, in particular, the Iraq mm. War. And so, like, it's 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 kind of just a just a fascinating piece of art. I mean, I've, I've really enjoyed what I've read so far. I'm really looking forward to the anime. I won't go into any uh, plot stuff or, or spoiler. It would certainly won't get into spoiler country because there is the anime that I know some people will be watching. And... Uh, I think I can say now that we are planning on covering. Uh, we are going to cover the anime. Um, uh, Heather wanted to be around for that, and we want her around for that. So uh, when that all si- sorts out, hopefully in the new year, we'll be able to dig in on on Pluto on Netflix. But as for now, I've been reading the manga. Uh, I'm going to finish it in the next week or so, and I'll let you know how I feel when I, I wrap it up. But um, as so- of right now, I just I I just absolutely adore it. So there is a uh, a finite amount of Pluto. It's not an ongoing. Yes, thing. it's a, it's okay. an eight volume. I think the way they did the adaptation because these episodes are long. They're like an hour long each. I mm-hmm. think they they did they took one volume of manga into one episode of the anime because oh, there's eight nice. volumes of manga. I love that. That's great. Yeah, it's an it's an interesting approach. Uh, I but to uh, read this. hey, man. I've, I've been I've been getting through it. If you end up reading it, let me know. We can talk about it. You reading uh, physical or on on the? App? I got it on my iPad. This is the thing. I like reading physical books, but when it mm-hmm. comes to manga uh, and comics in general, although I read more manga, like I'm like I just I don't mind it on the iPad. It's actually kind of it's certainly a lot more cost effective. Mm-hmm. But it's just uh you know the 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 screen size is appropriate and I it doesn't burn my eyes in the same way that reading like just like pages of text on an on a tablet will. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh, I'll have to I'm gonna have to seek that out. Yeah, because I have the Shonen Jump app, and this is not in the Shonen Jump app. But I think no, I, this... I had it on Viz Media. I could just buy it. I got it on. I bought it on Viz, so you okay. know it's not it's not free. But I've uh, it's been it's been worth it as far as 
my uh, you know my enjoyment is concerned. Also, uh, the the other thing about this is that it's it it changes, and this is one of those things where because it's such a beloved arc and it's such a well known arc, this and this is like a reimagining of it. But I don't have the context. Like I I my knowledge of Astro Boy comes almost entirely from the Game Boy Advance game, which was Same. awesome. Great game. Such a good game. Such a good game. But, you know, this is this is kind of like... I'm trying to think of a... It's kind of like if someone come out, came out with a new take on Wizard of Oz, but you'd never seen the original Wizard of Oz, so you didn't have that context. So I'm absorbing it from that perspective of, like, I don't know the original Astro Boy, Greatest Robot in the World arc, but it still stands on its own without that knowledge. And part of that is they shift the protagonist to be a detective who's investigating uh, what's going on in the situation. Uh, I think I can say this much because it's on the, the basically the show description page of, of uh, the Netflix series, but it's, he's investigating all of these robots, these famous powerful robots um, being killed and trying to figure out who's behind that. So that's the way that it that's it it it's, it changes the protagonist as is my understanding from the original series, and so it has like a different sort of entry point. Um, but yeah, it's 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 really really awesome, and I completely understand why it's so beloved and heralded. Hell yeah! Well, I can't wait. To, certainly can't wait to watch it, but I'm definitely gonna have to get my peepers on some pages. <laughs> you do that. You get those peepers on some pages, <laughs> and the listeners couldn't hear, but um, my eyebrows. They were going up and down. <laughs> Very Millhousey. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. All right. I, I'm in my I'm in my Millhouse era. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Captain Laserhawk, a Blood Dragon remix. So, I mentioned this is kind of a Ubisoft sort of mashup series. Uh, they're they're characters from the crew, Watchdogs, Assassin's Creeds, Beyond Good and Evil, Rayman. I'm sure there's some other cameo characters that I'm missing. Uh, it's based apparently in part on the Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon expansion, which I'm not familiar with. Uh, but it is very much set in like kind of like a retro 90s, like this is supposed to be an alternate reality 1992 that this is happening. Uh, six episodes were produced. It's uh, animated by the French studio Bobby Pills and directed by uh, Mehdi Lafad. Uh, Matt, I'm curious before we get in, just to establish like a baseline of Ubisoft familiarity, because as I just said, I'm certain I'm missing some references in fan service. There's some of the stuff that I know, you know, like I I know Beyond Good and Evil. I know Rayman pretty well. Uh, I know Splinter Cell. Um, but some of these franchises, I'm just like, I haven't played Watch Dogs at all. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the Tom Clancy stuff, uh, other than Splinter Cell, I'm just like, I don't have any sort of context for. Uh, and... Um, I, I, so there, I'm sure there's a lot of these these references that are going over my head or or just flying right by me. But are are, are there? Where do you stand with kind of the Ubisoft canon? Uh, yeah, I, I, in a similar boat, honestly. Like I I feel like I probably have played quite a few uh, Ubisoft games, but a lot of them obviously were Prince of Persia games. Those like the same made Prince of Persia, um, which I haven't spotted any of yet in here. Not yet, and I would yeah. I would love to I would I would love to see him. I would just love to see him, um, but throw Gyllenhaal out there, <laughs> and that's the one that I want. I want, <laughs> I want Gyllenhaal. I yeah, I, I, I that give bring me Gyllenhaal. I keep screaming. Uh, 
I don't know. He seems like a good guy. <laughs> he seems fun. Yeah. Um, I, I will say some of the, some of these references have gone over my head a little bit. Uh, in particular, the blood dragon of it all, which is, seems like most of it. And I, 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 you know, I recognize Splinter Cell. Uh, I recognize, I did clock, um, Jade and Paige immediately. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because they, but, and they look a little different than they do in the, in the games, obviously, but I, right. Just who, just the fact that they were standing near enough each other, I was like, oh, they kind of remind me of uh, Paige and and Jade from Beyond Good and Evil. I wonder if they're using that property in here. And then they were like, this is Paige and Jade. I was like, yeah, good. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy. I recognize them. Uh, but then the rest of it, and obviously, then you get this frog that uh, is like one of the assassins from Assassin's Creed, right? Which is not really part of it, but I I, I do like it. Like, I think it shouldn't just be a guy. It yeah. Should, I, it should be other things, too. I, and apparently that character is the is like a mascot for the company or is supposed to be a stand-in for the, oh. the, the Bobby Pills creative director. I don't quite understand exactly what it is, but I think it has some significance re- regarding the studio. Interesting. Maybe I, I, I'm wrong about that. I I'm really just, like him. Yeah, and I was a big Rayman head when I was a kid. Actually, I loved, oh me too. I loved Rayman. Yeah, no, I I played a lot of Rayman. I mean, like I I you know the both the two D and the three D. I just it's just he's a he's a cool character, and um, I think his games always are always been unnerved compelling. that he has no arms or legs. That's part of the fun. Yeah, but uh, what, Ray, I think it was Rayman Legends. What was the that that's or is or Rayman Origins? Which is the one I'm thinking of? One of the one of those Raymans is just like absolutely rips. Uh, and then the Origins. Origins is really good. And then the most recent one though is Legends, I believe. And Legends is is pretty good. Rayman Two also for the Dreamcast. I, I mean, I had the Dreamcast version, but they released it on a bunch of different mm-hmm. platforms. But that game was awesome. That was a really really good, uh, a pretty early 3D platformer. Mike, uh, anyway. Mine was the first one, like the very first Rayman I had for PlayStation, and I just would not stop. In a world where like Crash, yeah, and Spyro, right, uh, were like the main guys, I was like, guys, I liked Crash just fine. By the of way, of course, but yeah. I was like, guys, Rayman though, Rayman, he's so good. Yeah, he's Rayman's a hoot. Uh, he's he was in, in an interesting way here. We'll talk about that. Yes. I, I've I've looked at so I, I've I saw some of the you know uh, the clips and the 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 screenshots of the Blood Dragon expansion, which I haven't played uh, for Far Cry Three, and it is very very much like you know super neon lighting, um, kind of a, a that sort of chill wave. Vaporwave vibe. I'm not sure the exact right classification, but it's 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 kind of a palette that the show very much lives in. Uh, Now, a thing I don't know and I can't glean from, um, you know, from what I've seen of of Blood Dragon, I don't know if this is an element of it is that the anime has is is an unrelenting pace, just an overwhelming amount of things happening at once, and also, uh, I suspect this is not part of of Blood Dragon. Uh, just shifting aesthetics mid episode, which it does frequently, and I actually think that's that's what part of the a big part of the fun of the show. Yeah, I mean, I 
the thing that I'm really enjoying about the show so far is that it does have that, like, I mean, you're talking about this pace. I'm thinking of it as, like, an action movie pace, kind of. Like, it's just sure. it's just moving. Like, it does not really stop at all. And, like, every single thing, like, and, I mean, this may be just, like, me describing a good show. Every next thing leads to the next thing. It's like, it just, it doesn't stop. Yes, but also, yes. Yeah. The absolutely, for sure. But also, it's like kind of like has that sort of conveyor belt, like out of control sort yeah. of quality of like. But everything's happening just a little too quickly. It's not just as much as like, hey, here's a scene of like dialogue of two people just having a conversation. Yeah, uh, you know, sitting at a table, and we're gonna set something up that's explored in the next scene, or we're gonna introduce a new problem that's going to add a complication to the plot. It's like all that's happening while people are like falling through the air, shooting at each other. You, you know, you know what it feels like. A video game. <laughs> it feels very video gamey. That honestly, well said, because it, it absolutely does. Uh, okay, so episode one, and these episodes do not have titles. Episode one uh, starts with a man talking direct to camera, uh, ta- asking you, the viewer, if you'd like to be entertained, and saying that he's about to die. Like he's saying that to the viewer. Uh, it establishes some of the world where there's the Eden Corporation that are the fascist rulers of the future. It has this like anti-universal basic income message, or at least in this reality, universal basic income, the promise of it. Uh, it has been, which is kind of a utopian ideal, uh, has been, you know, misappropriated to make people all kind of uh, serfs to this uh, all-powerful corporation. Uh, and we learned the opposition is the dead sec revolution. So we're just getting like, this is basically yes. a lore dump, a direct-to-camera lore dump we're getting um, from this guy who's, you know, we don't know who he is yet, although we we learn uh, in the coming episodes that he's a pretty major character. Yeah, and I will say, as a, as a lore dump, I'm pretty, st- I'm entertained still. I'm, like, interested. I'm like, okay, like, this is this is a lot of information, but it's 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 being told to me in a way that I can one understand and two uh, like follow. Like, I just follow this. I'm like, okay, good, 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 good. I'm I'm in. Yeah, yeah. It's it's dense, but you know, it establishes the stakes, and I kind you kind of can latch onto the big names, and then um, and it's also kind of got like a oh, this is this is presented as either like a hostage video or uh, something that someone is kind of shooting on their own. This is not a part of production. Right. Um, then we go to something that's very glitzy and glamoury, and our buddy Rayman is hosting the Eden Late Show. So, here's something. <laughs> Sadly, he's not vo- voiced by Jay Leno. Missed no. opportunity, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I don't even know what he would say. We don't have time. <laughs> we don't have time to explore what Leno would say in Captain Laserhawk as Rayman. Come on, what are we doing here? One thing that that we it, it, that is established during this late show sort of segment is that Cody Rhodes, the the actual wrestler, yes. uh, who's with WWE now, is just in the wrestling fed. So they're just saying like he just is in this world. Yes, and we get it. We explore that some more. Um, uh, so then we get a shithead who's on a cell phone in a limo, just kind of being like, "Okay, this guy's a shithead." Like uh, I get it. Really, really easy shorthand for bad guy. We go from that to two guys who are looking over a cyberpunk city, calling it this dystopian hellscape. Uh, these are two principal characters. One of them is Dolph Laserhawk, the titular Laserhawk, and the other is Alex Taylor. And they're talking through an, a, a scheme. And I wrote it down, and then I decided not to correct it in my notes because I was like, you know what? This actually works. They talk through a scheme for escaping Night City for good. 
because <laughs> this just is Night City. It is Night City. <laughs> They're so one hundred percent in Night City. Yeah. Uh, just this, this you know, really uh, towering, sprawling. Um. Uh. You know, like like uh, it's got a lot of Japanese text, and and it's it's just like it's it's that it's this cyberpunk sort of uh pastiche. Uh, not just cyberpunk from yeah. the from cyberpunk twenty seventy but seven, but from the genre at yeah. large. I would I would wouldn't be surprised if there are a couple of gonks running around. There's probably some gonks down there. Uh, and speaking of gonks, they uh, ghost in the shell down onto one of the the gonk in the limo. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that shithead. Uh, they like go in, they fuck him up, they pull him up, they scan his face. Uh, and then they toss him at a tra- trailing convoy of cops, which clearly, which quickly appears. All this is happening, like everything that's happened is happening in like forty seconds. Yeah, like it's crazy how quickly everything is progressing. Uh, you know, it's like they're on, they're they're having a conversation on the rooftop. They jump down onto the limo. Uh, they're pulling a guy out of the limo and like fucking him up. A huge convoy of cops is appearing. It's all happening one right after the other. Uh, the co- doll fucks up all the 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 cops with his arm guns. Um, and then they cruise into an anti-gravity road where they lose control. And I, this is really like, this is some dazzling animation here through the anti-gravitational road. Right. Where they're, they're kind of like their car is being self-driven or they're being auto-driven as they go through this this kind of FC road track. Yeah, uh, that was really headed, cool. And they're headed towards a roadblock. And we have Dolph is going to uh, go out there and take care of things. But before he does... Uh, he mouth kisses Alex Taylor. They're they're lovers. Yes, I liked this as a dynamic. Yes. Uh, just like it was just interesting. Like it's it's not something that they like that you don't it's you don't see it that often. Like as as a a dynamic for like these two like action tough guy like types. So so I, I loved it. I love. I was like, this is great. It's presented as like a reveal. It's presented yes. as like a surprise, but it's not presented in kind of a like a like a gotcha sort of way. I, th- no. I, I don't know. I think it's well handled and is like an interesting uh, layer to these characters because you think you've seen like okay, I know the the two you know partners slash frenemies thing. I've seen that before. It's just like oh no, no, they're they're like a couple. That's they a kiss. completely different thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, they kiss. That's a, that's a new wrinkle. Yeah. So he fly. He get, uh, he gets a good luck kiss from his partner. He flies out. He fucks up the cops in zero G's, and they're driving away. And then uh, uh, Alex Taylor, the beardo, is like, "That was hot. This show's fucking horny." Yeah, yeah. So of course, of course, we're covering. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I guess I probably I could have assumed. But here's the thing: the splash screen for the show is Rayman. Like that's how the, many that's, people are like yes. clicking on this, being like, "Oh, I'll see a Rayman show. That's I, fun." Well, flip side of that, uh huh. How many people are you turn this turn this on, being like, "Oh, Rayman, I'm gonna pound off." <laughs> He's got no arms. I don't need him. He's got exactly what I need. Uh, so we get the title card, which is like a 16-bit style intro screen. Uh, fun. The animation, I will say, I think is like, I don't want to be hyperbolic. Like, some parts of it are sort of just like whatever. Like it's like an animated show. Like it's like not that crazy. Like it doesn't look dissimilar to a cyberpunk Ed Runners, for example. Sure. But this this opening sequence, this title sequence, I think is stunning. And um, some of the other, I'll say, artistic changes throughout the show also look 
amazing. I, I love some of the things they do on the show with, with animation. There's a lot of great animation on TV right yes. now. And uh, what I think this, this show does really well from a visual perspective is not being beholden to having everything fit into the same aesthetic, mm -hmm. like being willing to like sort of shift to completely different looks uh, to punctuate certain moments and having that all be informed by the set and setting. Like it's like, you know, that this is like a, this is very much in, like like in, entrenched in like the pop culture of of uh, yeah an alternate world, but like like the 1990s, and so uh, it kind of like living uh, in 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 all those different visual languages. I think is is part of how, part of why I think the show is at all or show is a particularly compelling. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we get a news report. We have Rayman who's discussing the carnage from today's shootout. Uh, from today's police chase, but he's got this propaganda framing, this pro Eden Corporation framing. Um, they're talking about how Laserhawk is an evil traitor in a Dateline style report. Uh, we get, uh, you know, basically he was a street kid, again, very cyberpunk, mm. um, who was rescued by the Eden Corporation cyberware, at least in their narrative. Uh, we learn the man from the cold open is Marcus Holloway, uh, another, another criminal. I just wrote in my notes interesting use of Rayman. <laughs> and what if it was like that was it <laughs> like, <laughs> hmm, okay because yeah i guess i'm not thinking that that's i i guess i'm not thinking i'm ever gonna see rayman again because like i don't really know him as like a like it's been a long time since i like played a full rayman game right but like i don't know him to have like a personality like i, Ray I yeah I, he doesn't have like that much going on like lore wise, does he? Like I don't, I don't know. He's just I mean, their guy. From the Rayman games I've played, yeah, he's kind of more of a blank slate. Not not someone with a strong, the super super strong persona. Yeah, it's also interesting because I feel like he's kind of been usurped by the rabbits. Like people, I think talk more about Rayman's rabbits than Rayman yeah. himself. You know. Well, and then the rabbits mm -hmm. are out. They they've abandoned Rayman. Right, and now they're piled up with Mario. They're doing their own thing. You know, you would have thought a, a Rayman Mario crossover could have been in the cards 20 years ago, but no, it's Mario and Rabbids. They won't even put him in Smash, this man. Yeah. Uh, so you understand why he's, you know, the, the mouthpiece of a, uh, a propaganda. Of a fascist regime, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so we get the, we're getting all this from the no Rayman news report. Uh, we see a security blockade in front of a building, in front of headquarters, and there the shithead vice president from earlier pulls up. Uh, well, he was addressed. The guy, this is the guy in the limo earlier, uh, and um, he's addressed as vice president. He's got Alex Taylor in the passenger seat, so it's pretty clearly Dolph doing a face replace. We can infer from him, yeah, having scanned his face earlier. Uh, and then they have to infiltrate. They go, they get past security, and then they infiltrate this headquarters and here's where again we get another aesthetic shift we get this overhead pixel art sequence where they use they they actually call it a stealth mission in advance and then they shift into this where we've got cones of vision of enemies like mm -hmm. like represented overhead and they're going around you know sneaking around them and and taking them out from behind and as they're doing this they're talking about the codec which is kind of the MacGuffin of this episode at least it can supposedly generate unlimited credits so they go through this infiltration sequence. They get to the codec itself. We come back to the normal uh, look of the show. 
and this is a video game cartridge that's labeled UBI, and it gets horny again. This show's really horny. Look, this show's horny, <laughs> and we didn't know, okay? And I look, I know it seems like a thing, because we're, we're covering this one without Heather. We didn't do it on purpose. Yeah, we didn't purposely pick a hornier show because we knew Heather wasn't around. No. Should we have? Yeah. <laughs> we should have done that. We should have taken advantage of that. But we didn't do it. <laughs> we saw Rayman and we're like, there's our guy. <laughs> so uh, this is happening. They got the ch- they, they've got the cartridge. They're getting horny. And then Red shows up. Uh, this is red is one of the niji uh there are six i believe that's what they're called right the niji there's yes. six niji and they're all in rainbow colors they're very power rangers or voltron uh you know they're making some kind of fourth wall breaking jokes about their different colors and red is sort of the lead one uh red by the way is uh voiced by uh adi shankar who is the creator of the show and who also ep'd the netflix castlevania so this is like the you know the seth MacFarlane voice role of the series uh, so it's a a very funny performance. Yeah, it's funny. It's a it's a, it's a funny uh it's a funny kind of goofy shithead. Yeah, um, he's like bad at insulting um, Dolph, which is a fun runner. Uh, and then they get into this fight, which turns into another sort of sixteen bit sort of pixel art look. We've got this two D side scrolling, you know, these platform in motion, like kind of like a Battletoads sort of stage, uh, as there or or a, or a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle sca- stage, mm-hmm. uh, where they're uh, they're fighting these guys on platforms, and uh, he's fucking them up. Uh, it's fun. They kill all the Niji, and they barely escape a fireball from below, uh, grabbing the UBI cartridge. But then they're on this platform together, and this shocked me. Nick Taylor betrays Dolph. This was huge. This was. I was like, okay, I was enjoying the show. This show fucks. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, this is a tight show. I love it. This is the thing that like, and I and I guess because I guess the choice to portray them as you know lovers, I I don't know. It's one of those things where it just makes this person more of a shithead. Yeah, because it's just like it's one thing to take advantage to betray your friendship. We've seen that trope many a times, but like to betray someone to like someone you're dating. Like, that's another level of psychopathy. Yeah. And Taylor has this sort of utilitarian, uh, you know, perspective of it. Basically, like, the cause is worth any sacrifice. Uh, he holds the gun up at him. He takes the cartridge from him. Dolph tries to try to draw his gun, but Taylor just shoots him a bunch. And it's just, I don't know. It's, 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 pretty, it's a pretty shocking turn of events, especially happening at the rapid pace that it's, uh, that it's all occurring at. Yeah, it would. Yeah, because the runtime on these episodes is like 22, 23 minutes. And like the, what we've described could have filled an hour. Like, right. <laughs> it's like so much was going on. But 22 they, minutes with credits. Yeah. Yes. So it's it's like they are, these are like these are like sitcom episodes in syndication, basically. They're moving at a good clip. Yeah. And so, yeah, that reveal also did sort of stop me in my tracks. I was like, okay. Yeah. This, this is like not what I thought it was going to be. Which I don't even uh, so, know what I thought it was going to be. I had no frame of reference for what this could have even been to begin with. Uh, Matt, I have never watched a show more cold yes. than be like, Crap- Captain Laserhawk, a Blood Dragon remix starting Rayman. 
play. Yeah. Let's see what happens. And just being like, <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> All right. <laughs> so Dolph wakes up in a white cell, uh, and Beyond Good and Ke- Evil characters are in there. Uh, Jaden Page, which we talked about, uh, as well as uh, Cody Rhodes, also introduced <laughs> earlier. And they don't know where they are. Uh, an Assassin's Creed frog shows up. Uh, is his name just Frog? I think it is, right? I think it's just Frog or Bullfrog. Or Bull, yeah. So he just shows up. He is just like, you know, he's like a little cartoon frog, um, but he's got the Assassin Creed, the Assassin's Creed uh, garb on top of him. Uh, the frog burps up a bubble and they look inside of it and it's got an exterior shot of a supermax prison with an extra X and they figure out that's where they are and they quickly have that confirmed. Uh, when Warden shows up, uh, Warden walks in, uh, Cody attacks her and gets head popped. They just head popped Cody Rhodes. That's fun. That's how fun is that? Like as like a one to voice yourself in a cartoon. Right, because uh-huh. it's Cody Rhodes providing the voice for Cody Rhodes to to be, I guess, to be ubiquitous with your own name is like one thing, right? Like, cause yeah. like that's like you don't play yourself in things typically, but like to have this sort of like cachet to play yourself is like is is cool, because like there there are times this is a completely different thing, but like on Entourage, for example, yeah, when actors come on as themselves, you're like, oh, they did a cameo as themselves. That's fun. But then when like a famous actor goes on the show and plays a character, I'm like, oh, yeah. they didn't think they liked him that much. Yes, they, right. You know, it's like, that's like different kind of. Where then, yeah. so Cody Rhodes is playing himself, gets a fun part, gets to scream that he's Cody Rhodes, gets head popped for a shocking like reveal. Yeah. That's the dream. That's fun. That whole thing is fun. I love that, and I'm glad he got to do that. I, I like Cody Rhodes. You know, I don't follow WWE, yeah. but I'm an AEW guy, and he obviously was a huge part of of that. Mm-hmm. And I think he's also just a guy who's like smart about media. Like yes. he just seems to be, be 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 very good at like putting himself out there and having a bunch of different projects and stuff. But I, this is the kind of thing where it's just like, yes, it's a fun part, but also like not every celebrity would be down for. Yes. Hey, you play yourself. You're a dipshit, and then you get killed, yeah. like in not a cool way. You like in a cool way, but it doesn't make you look good. Yeah, you, know? you get killed like an asshole. <laughs> yeah, you, but because you're so stupid, you get your head exploded. <laughs> yeah, like it's like so. I I do I do like that he was just like down for that. Yes. Um, I will say like I'm kind of over the head bomb device. I just feel like I've seen that used so many times and so many different things. It's a Suicide Squad type thing. Yeah, yeah Running Man. It's yeah. just I, I feel like it's just a constant thing. I I mean, uh, uh you know, uh, uh, even a, a battle royale is that. You know, it's yeah. like it's just like kind of like an an uh, a, uh, an overuse. But I guess it's also just kind of a trope of this sort of thing. So maybe it's fine. Uh, anyway, it's a fun moment regardless. Uh, Warden says they're now her new special team of operatives. Uh, she says that she tells uh, Dolph she can help him find uh, Alex. And she says they won't be working for Eden. You'll be working for me, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. And there we go. That's episode one. A banger. What a, like a true like you said it. You said it great just a little bit ago. Never came into something more cold, right? Yeah. This every second of this was a big surprise. <laughs> I mean, I think yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty solid storytelling, and I yeah. think also just that that the shit is that everything that's happening is so ridiculous, but you're still compelled. That like has enough narrative heft to 
allow all these flourishes. Uh, episode two. Oh, and and the credits are you know like look like video game credits like pixel tag pixel text. So you know, um, a pixely font. Uh, that just kind of uh, of sits in with everything else. Uh, episode two uh, starts with a G general audiences watching this trailer is mandatory, which was a thing we saw referenced in the previous episode, uh, and it's a trailer trailer for a Ray- Rayman uh, biopic called uh, The Ray of Hope, <laughs> and it's just a just a little parody thing. <laughs> Uh, they're doing uh, this is playing this video is playing on a TV that's on top of a door where on top of double doors and some sort of fancy residence or hotel or something mm-hmm. uh, where someone is getting railed. Just look if you're expecting Ray, man, I'm just saying that's what you're in for. More like someone's going to be getting railed. rail man, more like rail man, Matt. It's more like rail man. Uh, so there's a character named Dominique who waits outside. Uh, this lavender-haired asshole comes out of the, uh, the of his fuck palace. Uh, his name is Min, and he is nude. He covers himself up with a towel. And they have this whole sequence about some sort of mission and getting a briefcase. Uh, Min is just completely disrespecting Dom, and Dom reaches a point where uh, they, as they're walking away, say, go fuck yourself. Then they leave with the briefcase, and their hand gets dismembered. The hand holding the briefcase... Uh, and then they get completely fucking torn apart and and, bas- and basically uh, exploded. Uh, and this is all happening inside the cyberpunk pagoda that we see the exterior of at the end of this thing. Basically, all just establishing what a piece of shit Min is. Yeah, yeah, he's like the like maybe one of the main bad guys right now. It, for yes, this. Uh, we cut to the Prism nightclub where we see Taylor smoking a cigar outside, and Dolph approaches to mug him. And we quickly are able to infer that this is a flashback. This is kind of like their meet cute, if you will. Yeah. Uh, back in the day. And that brings us into a mission briefing with Warden, where Warden is telling them, uh, Warden, by the way, is voiced by by Caroline Ford and is, you know, just like a like for people who aren't watching the show, like a really uh striking character design uh just you know kind of kind of like a uh just a general badass i'd say um with uh with green purple green hair yeah uh so warden is is briefing them and is talking about the golden super scope uh another 90s reference uh which is the MacGuffin of this episode that they have to steal from pagan men who is the triads kingpin uh, Jade has this attitude in this, which is like kind of like very snarky. Um, yeah. d- was that like, because I was like trying to place it from with her beyond good and evil character. And I was like, I don't know if this is what I remember, but also it could be. It just, it's been so long, you know, but also they're, yeah. they're clearly taking like some big swings with like Rayman's not like we were talked about already. Like they're clearly taking some big swings with this character. So maybe they're just like, I don't know. This is how we'll characterize her. And yeah. she's just in, kind of inspired by that character. I think it's more the latter. Yeah, I think it's mm. more just inspired by because I I don't really remember what she's like. Like I it's been so long since that I mean, they've been talking the about the 2005. <sighs> yeah. Oh, I know that the sequel's never coming out. No. Uh but yeah, I remember the fact that she had her camera and she was taking some pictures. I was like, "Okay, I remember this." But I don't remember her attitude. Um Beyond Good and Evil, the game, 2003. Wow, man. Oh. 20 years ago. Oh. 
That's wild. Mm, it feels bad. It feels bad. So they have a mission to infiltrate the pagoda. This is a, a very video. I think you said earlier, Matt. This is a very video gamey show, and that comes down to them having missions, and it also comes down to things like the setup for this is a character select slash map screen as they're talking through the mission briefing. Yeah. Um, and a splash screen with Tom Clancy styling to tell them they're ghosts. All, all fun, referency stuff. Uh, we get some direct-to-camera stuff, what you were, which you were just talking about from Jade, describing uh, the the mission from inside the cell, interviewing team members, Doc-style, uh, you know, uh, Dolph doesn't want to talk, Paige comes out in wrestling garb, and Jade and Paige's uh, fast, past French and friendship kind of gets a little bit of daylight here. Yes. Uh, which brings us into a locker room with Paige and Jade on the mission. So Paige has a... They're, they're supposed to be undercover. Paige is supposed to be undercover as a wrestling a wrestler, which is why he changed into that outfit. Yeah. Uh, Jade is supposed to be a femme fatale. Uh, so she's dressed in this, like, you know, uh, very sultry gown, which she hates. And she's talking about how she's hating. She hates it here. Yeah. Uh, so in the locker room, Paige reveals that he's got feelings for Jade. And <laughs> she's she's like, you're my uncle. Uh, not really her, her, his, her uncle, but like, like an uncle and like, ah, oh, tries to deflect it. Let's get on the mission. But it's clearly just a one way thing. That was so funny to me. Be- yeah. It was cause it was so like, it, it was just so weird. <laughs> like, I, it found I, me up. I thought I found it upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I liked it. Well, because then it was, it was kind of sad too, because yes, well, <laughs> It's weird, right? Because she's she called him Uncle Page, like, and I don't remember if that I don't remember that much from the game. Maybe that was true then too, but um, obviously not her real uncle. He's a pig man, after yes. all. Yes, the look on his face when she doesn't really know what to say about it, and she's sort of like stammering and like panicking almost that he said this, which I'm sure would is how that would go. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He had like a little tear in his eye under his mask. Yeah, and, and, and like, this is so sad. It's it's uh it's a bummer. I don't know if this need. I mean, I whatever. But I don't know if this this is a thing that needed to be included. I think that you still get the same emotional resonance that you do at the end of this episode without this, and it feels just yes. a little icky to me. But yeah. also whatever. Um, I, I mean, the show's very extreme so maybe that's just how how the how the they're shit just goes. doing stuff they're just like they gotta, just they gotta keep moving do you know what they're just doing stuff matt <laughs> look this show uh, is just doing stuff so more stuff they're doing is Paige is getting his ass kicked in the wrestling ring while jade looks on uh she has to go up to a security guard part of her mission is to take his pass so she has a little dating sim mini game seduce him this is fun uh, and she has to select the right dialogue options uh, again, presented in this video game uh, interface aesthetic uh, with kind of these uh, these pixel art characters to try to get past this tiger security guard. Uh, and then eventually she fails the, she gets three strikes, she picks the wrong options, and she just jams him in the butt with a dart and steals his yeah, pass. I loved this. Like, I love the breaks that it takes to uh, include video game stuff. That is, like, yeah. that's just a home run. I love no, I. I I think this is this is part of how this show succeeds or part of why the show works for me mm-hmm. is because it has fan service stuff that isn't specific to these franchises yes. but is more just generally like about like like video games or or the 90s and I don't know it's I think they're just they're just fun little uh uh you know fun little flourishes so Jade's infiltrating the hallway after she's gotten the security pass. When she's stopped by Min's security, she thinks she's fucked, but they look down at her pass, they just pick it up, and they hand it back to her. 
Um, we get more pixel art sequences to show Frog uh, as an assassin uh, stealth infiltrating the headquarters, or the pagoda, rather. Uh, Laserhawk gets the cue and jumps from another building onto a high floor of the pagoda. And But when he gets there, uh, Dolph Laserhawk sees a cigar in an ashtray. And he's like, wait a minute, I know who smokes cigars. And that leads him <laughs> to make a detour to go into the bedroom where he, where Min and Alex Taylor are not quite getting it on, but they are like in a in an unclothed embrace. Uh, we see we see Taylor's hog. Yeah, his hog's just out there. Yeah, that was. Uh... I, I don't mean Paige. I mean this guy's hog. This, I mean his freaking honker, Nick. You don't mean Paige. I don't mean Paige, the pig guy. I mean Alex's. Dangling hog. Do you think Paige's got a corkscrew hog? <laughs> I mean, pro- anatomically, he probably would. <laughs> Depend. I actually don't know what exactly is going on with the hybrids, mm-hmm. which is uh, a whole other thing. Yeah, the animal-human hybrids, yeah. which are a whole whole element in this world. Uh, so Min and Alex are, are, you know, Dolph goes in there. We see Alex's hog. Uh, and not then uh, he gets neutralized by Min's, not Paige, by Min's security system. Um, and then quickly, and the entire team is captured. Uh, just all that happens just super duper fast. Yes. You know, again, just not, not wasting any time. This it's just show sort of like... is doing stuff. <laughs> it's, it's doing stuff constantly. The entire team is cyber chained up and Min is interrogating them. We cut to this. Uh, Min is threatening to shoot a Dolph unless he talks. And Dolph's like, fucking do it, basically. He's mm-hmm. like, I want to die. Uh, and so he just goes and just shoots Jade instead. Shoots her in the chest and kills her. I was shocked. This has happened now two episodes in a row, <laughs> you know, per this podcast, yeah. where we were both, and maybe maybe if Heather was here, she'd be like, I could have seen this coming a mile away, which she probably could have. Maybe you and I are just dumb. It could be, yeah. I mean, but you and I are dumb. We are dumb. I was shocked, Nick. I, I was I so think- shocked. I might have said, <gasps> here's what it is. Because it's an existing character- from an- from another IP. Yes. You think, okay, this character's gonna have plot armor. They're not gonna just like kill, unceremoniously execute, uh, while tied up the protagonist of a Ubisoft video game. But they do it. And yeah. I do think it's surprising. Especially they're not gonna do it to one that they've had rumored to be returning to a video game for 20 years. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if this is the kind of thing where like, I wonder how many approvals were involved here. Like even if they had the, I mean, you know, the the leeway of like Ubisoft was like, yeah, do whatever you want. There must've been a certain point where they, well, hold on. Do we have to do this? You know? Yeah. I don't know. Cause they're also, it's not like, it's not like Ubisoft is making it themselves. Right. They're allowing their properties to be in this thing in our part of the production afterward but yeah they didn't be like yeah go ahead and kill they didn't say we'd like it if you made this and killed jade right <laughs> um i'll say really anyway. don't want to make the sequel <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll just say this is canon now that's why yeah that's why i uh, remember she got killed in captain it. laserhawk and like, right most people would be like what <laughs> So Min keeps interrogating them. Uh, Dolph tells Warden through his uh, his calm uh, into his ear. He says to set up to set off Jade's bomb because they all have neck bombs, as we've established from Cody's execution in the previous episode. Yes, uh, and uh, she does it, and they explode Jade's head. 
So she's already been shot in the chest. Now her head explodes. Yeah. Uh, now the the security apparatus is dis- is disarmed because of the force of the explosion. The crew is free, and they just start fucking everyone up. Fun action here. And I will say, uh, just I know yeah. that you said earlier that you're done with the the head neck bomb thing. Yeah. That's the last one. That has they to be the last one because that was a really yeah. fun way to use it. <laughs> that was a good way to use it. They found out a good way to do it here. Not just to kill someone, but to have some sort of other, you know, plot consequence. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, fun action sequence here. What ends up happening after a bunch of uh, this big fracas is that Min gets his leg shot off basically at the calf by a laser hawk and is just like lying there in a bunch of blood. Uh, he reaches out for Alex's hand, who he was just fucking, um, and Alex <laughs> reaches back. But grabs his gun instead, leaving Min there. Alex is a real piece of work, this, this guy, guy. This guy's no good. And He's a user of people. That's what he is. He got to do a little... He got to do the nasty. Yes. And that, I guess, is worth nothing now. No, yeah, exactly. Turned his it, back on him completely. Had his hog I, out in front of this guy. Couldn't yeah. even reach for him to save his life. I, Min is obviously not a good guy. But also, come on. It used to, it used to mean something. It used to mean something. Uh, Dolph fires after Alex, who's running, who's fleeing instead of uh, rescuing men, uh, yeah. but he escapes. Uh, Paige is like, I'm going to kill men, but Warden and Assassin, the Assassin Frog, are trying to stop him for the sake of the mission. Uh, but then Dolph just says to Frog, because uh, Frog uses, like, you know, he he tethers uh, he te- tethers Paige so he can't, like, uh, you know, he can't kill men. Yes. But Dolph tells Frog to let him go. And he does, and Paige just kills the shit out of him, and Warden is fucking pissed. I was really thinking for a second that he wasn't going to. I was that like, he wasn't going to kill him. He, he's like, he's going to do. He's going to act like he's about to do it, knowing that they need him to be alive for the mission, and then he'll maybe he'll be- smash his head once, and that was maybe that's it. But then the way he was smashing it, and the, how many times he did it, I was like, oh no, he's going to do it. He's killing this guy. <laughs> It, it kind of feels like what the show is doing repeatedly is picking plot uh, beats that you've seen in other things and just sort of like being like, okay, what's a different choice we could make here? Yes. You know, same thing at like, like, like earlier with the, uh, with the Alex betrayal of Dolph in the first episode yeah. or, you know, here Jade getting killed and, you know, like all these things are this sort of sequence. That is the normal choice that I think that you would expect is that like, ah, he's going to, He's going to punch the ground or something. He's going to restrain his rage uh, because he understands that the team is more important. But instead, no, he does the selfish act, selfish act of vengeance. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's what they run. They run with. And it's 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 compelling. Uh, so now we see Alex on a rooftop with the golden super scope. He's actually pilfered it from Min. Uh, Min security team comes after him and he's like, you sure you want to do this? And They're like, we're all in. Uh, and uh, the Cyclops lady says that. And there, and so basically he's like, yeah, so welcome to my team. So uh, he's basically like, we need to burn the world down. You're not going to work for a piece of shit like men. You're not going to work for a corporation like Eden. Uh, We're going to work together, but we have to burn the world to the ground to liberate everyone. Uh, Sort of this cleansing fire sort of philosophy. And he takes his golden super scope, fires it into the air, makes this huge digital portal, and a bunch of rabid kaiju come through. And there we go. That's episode one and two. And let me tell you something. When these rabbits came out, I was shocked. <laughs> We're shocked. We're just shocked, We're shocked by, at all the stuff I this show is this show is doing. Should we like watch more th- things and 
have like no context because like maybe that just happened to us all the time. We're just like completely yeah. surprised. But like I guess you put on Cheers without knowing and knowing anything about it. It's like oh, wait, mailman. What happened smart. to Coach? <laughs> uh, beloved character passed away. Um, but um, in the same way that it's a fun use of Rayman, fun use of the rabbits. It is a fun use of the rabbits. Imagine, because I think of the rabbits. Um, rabbits and minions are the same thing to me. I think you could swap. How them. dare you? Hang on. Okay, I actually do think the minions were because they're both from French properties. I the, the rabbits came first. I do think the minions are a little bit inspired by the by the the rabbits. Okay, so I'll concede that much. So what I'm saying is, mm-hmm. I think you could swap them. And still have a good time. You could put the rabbits in the Despicable Me universe. Yeah, that's true. And it yeah. fits. And you could put the minions doing whatever they do. I just basically, I just want a minion in Mario Kart. If that look, if that the Mario X rabbits was instead of Mario and minions, I'd hey, I would, I'd have played part two. I tell you that much. They're serving, they're serving Bowser, the next evil. It's good. That'd be fun. It's good. Yeah, that is good. Put him in put one Mario Kart with the three main minions in the cart. That's it. Main minions? You mean like Kevin, Stuart, and Bob? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, the main ones. Yeah, the They're the main the ones, right? Movie. I call them the main ones. Yeah. I just think it'd be fun to see them in a in a cart together. They throw, you know, well, they might not throw those bananas very far if you catch my drift. Well, because there was the yeah that they're gonna be they're gonna be eating them, uh, peel and all the because the. <laughs> There was a Minion, I don't know if it was a racing game, Minion Rush, is that what it's called? Yeah, Minion Rush. Oh. But I think it's a runner. It's an endless uh, runner that it's on. Uh, so it's it's kind of a different thing. This is for a different podcast. I do not like that style of game. I don't either. Never works for me. It's never fun to me. I fully agree. Yeah. I'm running? the runners. I'm it was running. Just a, it's just like a way to the like I don't know people were they were trying to to create ways to play games with the limited control schemes that were available to you with the yeah. with the touch screen, um and uh, it, to me that's uh, yeah the, it's just just doesn't work. It's designed so that you have to be staring at your phone all the time, like because I agree. It's just it's it sucks. It's a, it's a, it's a that to me is a t- bad type of game. But anyway, different podcast. Uh, the games that work well, yeah, different podcast. The games that work well on phones are turn based. And that you can stop and resume at any time. Yes, a oh, words with but friends. Again, different is podcast. It's like a, a, yes. an absolute home run phone game. Anyway, okay, those were our thoughts on episodes one and two of Captain Laserhawk. So we are going to hold off on chain reactions for Captain Laserhawk till the end uh, because this is such a short series—just six episodes of anime, uh, three episodes of the podcast. So you can send in your thoughts. But we are going to sit on those for a little bit. But right now, we're going to get to everyone's thoughts on Interstellar 4 5. All right. Last week, we talked about Interstellar 4 5. And y'all send in some of your thoughts. We're going to get to those right now in our segment Yuri Kuri, The Chain Reactions of Harui Suzumiya, Blue Talk, Chum Talk, Interyella 4 5. So Nick didn't run this by me before, and he's looking at me right now. And I gotta uh-huh. say, uh-huh. really, really good, Nick. Okay, great. Really, really good. I'm glad you're happy with it. Uh, this first one is from Jimmy Dunn. Hi, Jimmy. Get it, Jimmy Dunn. Get it, Jimmy Dunn. You want something done? 
Get It Jimmy Done. Did we do this bit before? I think Probably. We did Get Her Jimmy Done. Yeah. Jimmy writes, I got really turned off by the number of repeated animation sequences in the first song and unfortunately had trouble really engaging with the rest of this as a result. I'm really grateful that Get Animate exposes me to a wide variety of anime that I'd never watch on my own, but this one wasn't for me. Glad Nick and Matt loved it, though, and I always look forward to what's next. Hey, not everything's for everybody. That's true. Jimmy couldn't get it done. Uh, I did have fun watching that. I did like it. Yeah, he couldn't get it done with this one. Well, I mean, he did get it done. It sounds like he watched it. sounds like Jimmy watched the whole thing. Yeah. Just wasn't into it. Yeah. Um, it was yeah. a risky pick. There's a lot of buy-in, I think, with something like Interstellar 4 or 5. You got to like Daft Punk. Sure. You got to like really good stuff. Yeah. You got to just like, you got to like vibes. Mm-hmm. And that's all vibes. Yes. I'll tell you something. I, I put on the album pretty recently again, and I'm a Daft Punk guy. Still holds up? Still holds up. It's good. Uh, but sorry you didn't like it, Jimmy. I hope, uh, I hope you enjoy Captain Laserhawk, because I'd hate to be two for two with Jimmy Dunn. Because Jimmy Dunn, I know for a fact, has a three strikes rule. Yeah, especially I think these are a couple of your, a couple of Matt pitches that we're covering, so it might be personal. I might be fucked here. Yeah, I might. Jimmy Dunn might be out. He might be with done me. with you. He might be done with me. Say it isn't so, Jimmy. Uh, this next one's from Garrett. Hi, Garrett. I can confirm that if your first time seeing this movie is on psychedelics, it's the greatest thing you'll ever experience. <laughs> On the subject of music, I'm rewatching Samurai Champloo, like its predecessor, Cowboy Bebop, as well as Interstellar 4-5. The curation and pairing of music to scenes in the show are, is spectacular. Whereas Bebop is space outlaw jazz slash opera, Champloo is samurai hip-hop, and a very fun and interesting anime that I'd recommend to anyone who enjoyed Bebop. I wonder if we'll cover it at some point. I'd be interested. Yeah. I, like, I, like, I like samurai stuff. Yeah, I like samurai stuff. Uh, Chamalu didn't hit for me in the same way that Cowboy Bebop did, but mm-hmm. you know what? Ha- what does? What has? You know. So I don't know how much of an indictment that is. Um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be an interesting thing to revisit. Cowboy Bebop, Samurai Champloo. Uh, I hope this guy made something with a normal title for his next thing. Uh, let's see. After this, he made a Gloop Glop Surprise. Oh God, this guy's a freak, man. The Gloop Glop Surprise holds up, though. But, that one and is the music really good. is really good in the Gloop Glop great. Surprise. Yeah. yeah. This next one's from Handsome Bane. Hi, Handsome Bane. I'm going to do it. Okay, go for it. I saw you make the motion to do it, so. You merely adopted my handsomeness, <laughs> but I was born with it. Molded by it. Crashing this plane. <laughs> Should he have done that accent? What, what accent? Bane sort of has like an like maybe an affectation. He has a little bit, yeah. He's a kind of a of a highfalutin way of matter it, speaking. I feel like Bane is, I feel like Bane's Latinx. Wow. And I don't know how I could back <laughs> it up. That's your headcanon? I think I'm going to claim Bane as one of mine. Wow, okay. That honestly, that's good for me because <laughs> we got enough of those guys. <laughs> you, you guys can have Bane. Yeah, we're Bane. set, yeah. Let's see. Uh, let me get some of <laughs> this. We're being crazy. Uh, okay. Uh, origin story. Bane's origin story is established in the storyline Gutenberg. It doesn't sound good for my case so far. Uh, uh, his his father, Edmund Dorrance, better known as King Snake, had been a revolutionary who had escaped the court system of Santa Prisca, the island country in the Caribbean. Okay. okay. I'm getting closer here. I kind of thought... thought he was maybe uh, Caribbean. When you started reading that, I thought that was the question, and I felt like I was losing oh. my mind. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. Handsome Bane wrote something. <laughs> enough of the Bane deep dive. I got close enough with Caribbean. Here we go. Handsome Bane writes, oh, hell yeah. I actually own the DVD. Discovery is the perfect album. I only have positive feelings for everything happening on this episode. Hey, now that's what I like to hear. There you go. Let's get some more stuff like that going in the comments, huh? It's good vibes. The other thing is, like, I think this is one even if you, if you even if you don't love it, it's not like a, a an unpleasant watch, you know? Yeah. Maybe just kind of like a. It's more sort of like a eh, whatever. Heather made this point on the episode. If this was on at a party, no one is going to be upset. Yeah, exactly. The music yes. is great. Yeah. The visuals are cool. You might not like it as like a piece of like mm-hmm. entertainment you're watching solo, but if it's on in the background at like a party or like at yeah. a bar, you'd be like, well, this is kind of cool. Yeah, exactly. I guess I'm at a cool place. Right. We got another one here from our our pal, the Chris, Jeff Chris. Hi, Jeff Chris. And, and Jeff writes, of course you can call me the Chris if you want. Wow. I pitched it as a nickname. Yeah. Uh, I like that we have a guy because you know I was tentative there. I like that we have now full authorization to go the Chris. Yeah, the Chris. The Chris. The Chrismeister. Well, he didn't authorize Chrismeister. Let's be take it easy. <laughs> the Chris might be out on Chrismeister. King Chris. Let's just stick with the Chris for now. All right, the Chrismeister writes. <laughs> of course, you can call me the Chris if you want. I've definitely been called worse. It's just awesome that Matt pronounced my first and last name correct. Wow. Wow. Because you know what? I didn't mention this. I said Jeff. Nick, the way you're looking at me, I bet you think it's spelled J-E-F-F. Fucking Jeff has a walk in the park. J-E-F-F. I Wrong, bitch. <laughs> G-E-O-F-F. Oh, it's that kind of Jeff. Not my first rodeo. Yeah, no, okay? yeah. I've seen the pronunciation. I've said it aloud. I've, I've definitely had friends done the G off name. in the past by accident. You. Yeah. I learned. I don't do. I wouldn't do it now these days. But yeah, when I was younger, sure. You can't. You can't these days. No, you can't. You can't get away with saying "g off" anymore. Good spelling for Jeff, I think. Unique. Yeah, I love it. It is really nice. We love your. We love your name, Jeff. The Chris. Let us know how you feel about the Chris Meister. All right, next one. This uh, this is mostly, <laughs> like name comments. I'm realizing that's like all we're doing here. We. Someone someone writes in some trenchant insight. <laughs> We're like, all right, cool Madman Mike. <laughs> Look, I'll be honest. Yeah. I had a Coke Zero. <laughs> yeah, you're amped up. I'm flying, dude. <laughs> Let's get a couple more of these. What do you say? We're like ki- we're like kids being naughty on a sleepover. That's the energy right now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my hands in a fucking bo- a bucket of cold water. <laughs> I'm gonna piss my pants. <laughs> McKinley writes. Hi, McKinley. McKinley. <laughs> Nothing there. Sorry. Um, McKinley writes. U.S. President. All right. One of the greats. Uh, yeah, McKinley, was McKinley assassinated. I think oh. McKinley was. I think if he was, yes. we no, he was. Yeah, McKinley was assassinated. How many presidents have we taken care of? Uh, I think three presidents have been assa- successfully assassinated, mm. and McKinley, I think, had a, the pace. Had just, a... Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. We're paywalled. It's fine. It's legal because it's paywalled. Uh, there's a, I, I think he had like he was, he had a prolonged, um, like aftermath of like he was he was shot and then it was a long Ugh. time before he actually died. Okay, well if you're gonna do it, be good at it. Yeah, but it was pretty. It was pretty gnarly. That's yeah. That's uh. You know what? Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Don't knock it. Knock that. it off. McKinley writes, "Holy shit! I'm behind on Get Animate, so I didn't know this was coming. 
I saw this for the first time the summer before my freshman year of high school, and I vividly remember sitting on the floor of my basement of my parents' old house, watching this with my mouth agape. I'd never seen anything like this, and I was obsessed. I started playing music in high school because of Interstellar 5. Whoa! I, because of Interstellar 4 5. Music and, not so indirectly, Interstellar 5, I keep saying 555. Five. Interstellar 4 5 was how I made all my friends in high school, which impacted my college choice and where I ended up after school. This rules so hard that I would literally be an entirely different person if I had never seen it. That's this is the most insane comment we've ever gotten. That's wild. This is great. This, this film was life changing for McKinley. And see, this is the spectrum of this of what you can feel when you yeah. watch something, right? You might not like this. This might not be for you. But on the other side, this could be your whole thing. Yeah. It's either a shrug or you're going to go climb a mountain. <laughs> I'm really That's glad you wild. liked it, McKinley. That's intense. McKinley, thanks so much for that comment. That yeah. was incredible to hear. And uh, I hope I hope this show does that for somebody. Uh, get Animates inspires them to change their life? Yeah, for better or for worse. <laughs> but hopefully for better. Yeah. Don't do this. They might hear this and be like, I'm, I'm going to start a podcast and then hear us and then be like, actually, I'm good. I'm going to yeah. go become. <laughs> you know, there, there may be too many podcasts. Yeah, That's yeah. my takeaway. Yeah. <laughs> They're talking about people's names yeah. on this one. <laughs> Uh, and, and, and finally, this one's from Corndog. Matt, don't, we're just going to read the comment. We don't need to dwell on this. I'm winding up. Don't get me started. <laughs> this motherfucker's name is Corndog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know how names work on here. It's not like they're, they didn't have to put their birth certificate or something. Yeah. It's not their government name. Their government right. names isn't Corndog. Oh, could be. It should be. I wish. Do you think anyone? <laughs> I think there is a human being named Corn Dog. Yes. I think there's one corn person dog? legally named Corn Dog. Whether that was given to them by birth or whether they changed their name because they're kind of like a you know quirky person. I think there is one Corn Dog alive. Somebody somewhere. for sure identifies as Corn Dog. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that I I love that for them, and I I hope. That that brings them nothing but joy. Exactly. I, everybody loves that, I'm sure. Whoever is calling themselves Corndog, all their friends are like, that's just Corndog. We love it. Corndog writes, I think it was pretty cool of Daft Punk to invent anime. <laughs> 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 that was nice of them. Yeah, good for them. Among their other accomplishments. They actually, Nick, they just put out. They put out a new version of Random Access Memories with no drums. So it's just all grooves. Interesting. That feels like a very, that feels like a real like hotel lobby sort of listen. I've put it on and it's it's wild. Yeah. But it feels good still. Wow. You still feel like you're getting lucky. No, what do they call it? Uh, Random Access Memories parentheses drumless edition. Hmm. I was going to be more creative than that. They should have called it Corn Dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you don't know what you're getting. <laughs> I know I want some. And that's all the that's all the chain reactions for, for this week. Thanks so much for writing in, and we appreciate your comments. And as a reminder, during this miniseries of watching uh, Captain Laserhawk, a Blood Dragon remix. That's right. We won't be doing weekly uh, chain reactions, but we will revisit uh, the chain reactions at some point for these episodes that we're going to be discussing. So write in in the comment threads for when these episodes post. And we'll get back to those at a later date. Yeah, we'll we'll return to those uh, when we get around to it. But until then, you got animate. You merely adopted the anime. 
I was born in it, molded by it. All right. <laughs> 